this is Steve, the cookout coach, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Okay. Well, do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the really big barbecue central show. This is a show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling, originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Reppy. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evenings live fire fun and frivolity show. Or perhaps I should say, great to have you here during your live fire fun and frivolity show. I'll get to why I would say that here in a second. However, if you would like to jump in on the show tonight, here's how you do that. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at bbqcentralshow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com, and here's what's happening in case you get the newsletter coming up in about 12 minutes from now. It's the first Tuesday of a brand new month, by the way. Last month of the year, 2021, rapidly coming to a close. More rapidly than any other time of the year except for next week and the week after that and the week after that. But other than that, rapidly coming to a close. Co-founder of How to Barbecue Right. We missed him last month, but he is back this month. Malcolm Reed will be joining us. So anxious to catch up with Malcolm, see what he's been up to since we talked to him last. And we have a whole bevy of topics to go over this evening during our time. So look forward to that. 35 past the hour, we'll be joined by a first-time guest. His co-host joined me a number of months ago for the first time. This will be his first time. He is a co-host of a podcast called Baseball and Barbecue. I don't know if you're a baseball fan or not, but recently, I think last week, the owners locked the players out. out So we'll talk all about that part of baseball and that business and what's happening to the players and why the owners would do such nonsense how the players are going to be reacting, and perhaps the most important question of them all for any baseball fan is this, is is this going to creep over into the regular season? And we'll go from there. So we'll be welcoming in Jeff Cohen for the first time. If you're not a fan already, it's Baseball and BBQ, which can be found on all of the podcast platforms that are currently available, or you can visit their website, baseballandbbq.weebly.com. And that'll do it for the first hour. Then we'll move to the second hour because it is the first Tuesday of a month. In the second hour, that brings a visit from only one of the most prolific food YouTubers out there as well. Sam the Cooking Guy will be joining us. So we'll see how one segment goes. We might go to two. 
We actually have a giveaway that's going to be going on. So if you are on Clubhouse or you have the Clubhouse app and you want to look to win something, rumor has it there'll be a Nakiri knife to give away during Sam's time this evening. So jump over to Clubhouse if you want to. The room's open right now, and we'll pull you up. We'll do a little quick game. And if you get it right or you're the winner, you'll get a Nakiri knife, which I think retails somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 to $80 before shipping. So great. Right before the holiday, keep it as a gift to yourself or give it to somebody if you're really looking to impress because that knife is awesome. So that's Sam the Cooking Guy in the second hour. There you have it. Malcolm Reed, Jeff Cohen, first hour. Sam the Cooking Guy, second hour. Your phone calls and emails and clubhouse reactions as we mix them in. Don't forget, you can follow me socially at TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat at BBQ Central Show for a live video feed of the show. You can also visit Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show or on YouTube slash RD Rempe, as I'd mentioned a couple times already, live on Clubhouse as well. First, let me welcome in a new watcher slash listener to the show, currently... (laughs) Currently residing in Wycliffe, Ohio, where I used to live for a number of years. And what makes this guy unique, he's a high schooler, and he's voluntarily watching the Barbecue Central Show. We welcome in, of course, Shane to the Barbecue Central Show jungle. Welcome in, Shane. I also have it on good authority that he has an active interest in both live fire cooking and just cooking in general. So that's a good thing. Hopefully, we continue to inspire him, perhaps when he's around the general house and maybe I'm cooking, he takes an interest and I can show him some pitmaster stuff as well. So we welcome Shane. Now we have this. A Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update. Greg Rempe reporting from the breaking news desk here in Cleveland, Ohio, the city that breaks the most live fire breaking news as it's breaking across the country. Nay... The world. The Barbecue Central show, after existing in one form or fashion since 2006, will finally be making its debut on regular radio, perhaps this coming Saturday, 9 to 11 Central Time. Also, for any of you currently residing in and or around Seymour, Texas, you're in luck because you'll be able to grab it right on the radio by tuning into KSEYFM or anywhere else besides Seymour, Texas. Listen online at KSEY, that's Kilo Sierra Echo Yankee, KSEYFM.com online. So I now have one radio station on the ever-coveted cleared list. So the floodgates, uh, the floodgates will open, I'm sure. Barbecue syndication is close. Therefore, World Barbecue Talk Radio domination only a few moments away. Undeniably. So, just to reiterate, how that's going to work is they're going to take, I talked to the station owner through email last week, trying to put this together hastily. So, they're going to re-air this show on Saturday. I'm not going to do any kind of censoring of any guests. That's totally up to them. I'm just sending them the raw first hour and raw second hour. We've agreed on sponsors. 
All my stuff is going to stay in. I don't know what they're going to do on their end for that, but as long as my stuff stays, they're welcome to it. And if a guest or myself gets a little loose on the language because this is internet-based, there's no FCC regulations, they will have to comb through the show and make sure that it is FCC compliant on the KSEY side. However, this is a first radio station cleared, so now we can start looking at other radio stations to also get on board and potentially have conversations with radio syndication houses, things like this. So I thank Mark and the gang over there at KSEY for putting me on. I guess we'll see if that happens this week, and we'll look forward to that. So Seymour, Texas, welcome to the Barbecue Central Show. How lucky it is for you to be a part of this very long-running, most-downloaded barbecue show ever in the history of ever. Listener feedback from the show last week. Anthony in Texas. Greg, I have been doing a lot of thinking the past few days, and after careful consideration, I think you should start a cat podcast in addition to the Barbecue Central show. Your story last week about losing one for a few days had me rolling. The cat stories are always funny and entertaining. I mean, who doesn't love those cat piss updates when they were happening? You act like a hard ass with those cats, but I know you really love them. Longtime fan, and I love the show. Regards, Anthony. Well, Anthony, I certainly appreciate your support and encouraging me to start a cat podcast alongside of the Barbecue Central show. There are two things that are uh, A, will not happen, and you are completely wrong about. Uh, Anthony, there will be no cat podcast whatsoever. And as far as you telling me I act like a hard ass with those cats, but you really know I love them, no. As I continue to maintain, I am indifferent about the cats. If the cats run away tomorrow, my life does not change. I mean, I gain more sleep at night, but my life does not change in any form or fashion. I do not become sad. I do not miss them, nor do I want to go out and buy more cats to replace them. So thank you for writing in anyway. Charlie in South Carolina. Greg, Rusty is a gem for the show. The story he told last week about his vending job at the concert arena was incredible. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong, and he still came out on top of the end. I love hearing about the progress of his barbecue trailer, and thank you for doing the segments with him. And thank you, Rusty, for sharing. He's also a great embedded correspondent. He should start his own podcast, too. I think it would be great. Anyway, love the show. Regards, Charlie. Charlie, what are you talking about? <laughs> Rusty co-hosts the Pitmasters podcast, you fool. Like for over a year, I think. Maybe longer than that. Not only would he do a good podcast, he has a good podcast. Along with the Anthony Lejean. So you might want to look for that on your podcast app, Charlie. Thank you for writing it. All right, before we get to Malcolm Reed, uh, yes, before we get to Malcolm Reed, let me talk to you quickly about Yukon Glory and their burger serving set. The Yukon Glory burger serving set, an essential set for foodies and burger lovers. If you really want that restaurant feel at home, they've got you covered with the full burger board setup. This set includes a stainless steel basket for your fries or veggies, two ceramic condiment holders for your favorite sauces or condiments and a slate plate to serve up your burger in style. This deluxe burger board is made from durable, long-lasting premium acacia wood with deep reds and browns that will not fade over time. 
With the holiday season here, this is the perfect holiday gift to give the chef, grill master, or burgerholic in your life. Trust me, they'll thank you for it. The Burger Board set and all of Yukon Glory's products are sold on the Yukon Glory website, which is yukonglory.com. You can also get them at Amazon, Walmart, Lowe's, The Home Depot, and Target. By the way, if you use their website, yukonglory.com, at checkout, use promo code 10CENTRAL. The number one and then zero, followed by central altogether for a 10% discount through the whole month of December. Follow Yukon Glory on Instagram and Facebook at Yukon Glory for their latest updates. And once again, if you're at yukonglory.com checking out, use promo code 10CENTRAL for a 10% discount through the whole month of December. Check out that burger serving set. Told you all about the uh, grill bra- the grill basket set. Now it's the burger set. And the thing is great. Slate plate. Really amps it up. Come on. All right, we got Malcolm Reed in the green room. We'll get to him in just one second. Stick around. We'll be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show is being brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic pit temperature control technology, sellers of automatic pit temperature control devices, ceramic cookers with built-in power draft fans, Accessories to make your barbecue and grilling life easier. Visit bbqguru.com for more information or call them 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. The Barbecue Guru continuing to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. All right, it is the first Tuesday of the month in the first hour. And, of course, that brings a visit from one of the most prolific live fire cooks in general. Also on YouTube. We race to the hotline and welcome back friend of the show, Malcolm Reed. Hey, Malcolm. Malcolm, I can't hear you. Mm-hmm. Is this on my end? No. Uh, disconnect. Uh, close the browser and then come back in and we'll try it again. Just like that. I think this is what happened last week with... Uh, who did I have on last week and we had that same issue? Who was it? Leanne Whippin. That's who it was, of course. Also, there is Malcolm. You there? What about now, man? You got me? Gotcha. All right. This seems to be a new thing that's recurring on the show. First guest has no audio as they connect in, but that's all right. Yeah. The same thing happened to Leanne Whippin last week. But nevertheless, here we go. Uh, so are you like on remote? Are you in a deer camp? Or what are you up to? I- I came back to civilization, but I'm protesting the office. I'm not going back to the end of January. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what happens when you are the ultimate boss. You set your own rules to a certain degree, right? Yeah, well, you know, we can have one man walk out. I think that's okay. <laughs> it's good, well, good when, for the company. When the man walks out, then that certainly sets a precedent. No doubt. <laughs> that's the way to do it. So we missed you last month. Uh, Mark Williams filled in, which was great. Of course, always love getting his perspective on stuff. 
I wanted to ask you, I know the beginning uh, or middle of November, you had that big weekend for the top five donors of that Palmer Home fundraiser. So would love a in-depth, detailed recap on how it all yeah. won, who showed up, and how much of a great time everybody had. You know, it was really, really unbelievable because we, you know, we, 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 we did that fundraiser all, I guess we started in February and we ran it till Labor Day. We were able to raise, I think, over twenty-five grand for the Palmer Home, which was incredible. You know, way beyond what we we, we imagined. And we brought the top five donors in and let them bring a guest. And we had people from New York, from Wisconsin, from Illinois, from California, and I think Vermont or somewhere like that. It was it was remote. It was, but it was a good spread. It was like a mix of people from from all over. And we just kind of rolled out the carpet and we made it a day about them. I mean, we I wanted some, I wanted them to learn something, so. We kind of went through our Memphis and May top secret rib recipe with them. We swore them to secrecy, but we showed them from start to finish how to select the ribs, how to cook the ribs. Everybody got their own whole rack. Two people actually finished a whole rack of ribs too. I'm talking about every bone. I was I was wow. impressed. But we started them out with some good old Southern hospitality. We did the biscuits and uh, country gravy. and I, I smoked a pork butt overnight, so we kind of did a, a breakfast sausage seasoned pork butt. We, you know, we Topped it with some spicy tomato jam. Uh, we did some ba- Mark did some bacon wrapped donut holes. Uh, we did a full uh, crab leg and shrimp boil for them with all the fixings. Shell whipped up some pimento cheese. We did a little appetizer of pimento cheese with uh, pork rind, and we had a big charcuterie board. So it was like a day of just indulging, and then adult beverages the whole way. I opened up a bottle of a Blanton's that I'd had on the shelf, just waiting for something special, and. We had some we had some good whiskey, some, you know, good tequila, just things like that. We had a lot of fun, man. Did any of these people know each other through like commenting on YouTube stuff, or know themselves no. virtually, or they were all perfect strangers they, right off the bat? They were all they were all strangers. It was most of it was uh, you know one guy and his buddy came. We had a couple people. Uh, we had one guy that brought his daughter because she was she was really in, getting into barbecue, and she she was one of the ones that helped that raised the money, talked him into doing it. And I think they were the only competition team, and, and that the other people were just all walks of different walks of life, you know. Malcolm Reed joining us here on the show. How to BBQRight.com is the website, of course, and Pitmaster Killer Hogs competition team. Am I correct in hearing or reading that outside of How to Barbecue Rights YouTube channel, and then you and Mark uh, every now and again do that out the smoke uh, where you're reviewing or talking about some of your favorite products, um, nothing sponsor-related, just stuff you get your hands on. Are you working on also now a separate podcast or show or something uh, on top of all of this? Yeah, we started. Well, you know, when I'm this, what I'm doing for December and January is hunting. I love to go hunting and fishing when I get a chance, when I'm not barbecuing, when we're not you know, busy with the business of it all. But we started up... Uh, me and Shell were fortunate enough to buy some land that's not too far from us. And we, we kind of have a deer camp there. And so, you know, a bunch of my buddies go down there and hang out. So I said, let's start, you know, a little outdoor podcast about deer hunting. We call it the Buck Junkies. And we just, it's so far, we've done, I think, three or four episodes of the podcast. And we're just having fun with it and telling stories about our take on deer hunting and how we, you know, what, what we've learned over the years and how we're getting our kids involved with it. Things like that. It's just it's something something else for me to do. So are you recording this at Deer Camp? You have like a remote setup, or are you bringing everybody into the traditional podcast studio and laying it down no, there? 
Right now, we're in the podcast studio. We kind of do a little set change. Shell's rigged up some camouflage curtains to put in the background, you know. <laughs> we cut, put a couple deer heads on the wall and put a sign up, and all of a sudden, we're the buck junkies. <laughs> Are deers still as big a pest as they have been in, in recent years? Um, well, Mississippi has more than its fair share, and I'm sure the auto industry would love for them to, to you know, for us hunters to, to take our quota every year. But unfortunately, it doesn't happen. I mean, there's so many deer out there, and uh, um, it's you know, it's it's something that I've done for a long time. And uh, you know, the guys, Mark and his brother Jamie, and uh, you know, Mikey, they they've been hunting. They grew up hunting, so it's uh, you know something we're all passionate about. But yeah, it's it's a pretty big deer population here in our state. And I assume it's really big for you, aside from the whole hunt and getting a buck. And it seems like this year, right out of the gate, everybody I talk to that's a hunter. I'm not necessarily a hunter, but everybody I talk to that's a hunter has gotten a, a buck or two right in that first weekend or two anywhere I'm talking. Yeah, we, we, we've, uh, we hadn't really killed a lot of bucks this year. We're starting to see them now. Our ruts really kicked in. So, you know, the, the, the bucks are on, but we had a really good youth weekend. We got all the boys that, that hunted with us, got to kill a doe and I, I put a doe in the freezer. I think the other guys have put a doe in the freezer. So, so we've been cooking a lot of deer meat at camp and mm. uh, having a lot of fun. I froze. I froze. About froze to death today. It was cold. It was like a. It was a, a wintry thirty four this morning, which is cold for me. <laughs> is the best time to hunt in the morning? Is it the like first thing out, or do you stay out all day? Hey, this time of year, it could be any time when those bucks are chasing the does. Usually, usually our day starts before sun up, and then we take a little break for lunch, and then get back in there about two o'clock and hunt till dark. So, I'm not a full 12 hour sit guy, but I like, you know, I like to take a little break, come down and then get back in there. So what is quota for somebody? Um, it different, different, uh, regions in our state has a different, have different numbers. Like this year we have a huge quota because the CWD problem, they're trying to take the, to take out some of the deer. So I think we have like 10 and three or something like that. You can kill. And we, we won't kill that many deer. Like if, if I take, you know, one or two does and one buck, I'll be happy. But legally you can kill a bunch. Well, I know out here in where I'm at, and certainly I'm not in any kind of rural area, which makes it all the more shocking. But I guess that would speak to the amount of development that's taken place over the years too. They're here first and you're displacing them. And if they're not finding somewhere rural to go and do whatever deer do, then you have what I call the deer gang walking down the street where you have no trees, no forest, no pittance of woods. And all of a sudden you have five deer walking down the street like uh, like those uh, the big horses that pull the Budweiser carts. You can hear them coming down like clickety-clock and you're wondering where the hell they came from and then they you know magically disappear somewhere else. So I know there have been any number of sharpshooting uh, contracts that have been out like through SWAT on different city areas where they go and try and triangulate an area where they're really heavily populated to try and send them out but yeah you can see them all over the road uh, exploded and you see all the tractor trailers uh, with those big deer guards out front now because they're tired of having to pay for new hoods and radiators and all that other stuff it gets expensive when you have a big fleet of trucks so uh, hopefully you're doing your share out there to thin the herd as they say so we appreciate that uh, moving it up a little bit here plans for how to barbecue right in 2022 maybe just the first part like as you and shell start to forecast out what you'd like to do what is it looking like for the fans 
Well, I mean, we're you know we're still we hadn't made our video schedule, but we're definitely going to keep pumping out content, man. I plan, you know, I plan to do my recipes on the main YouTube channel, How to Barbecue Right, and all the fun stuff on TikTok. And of course, you know, we, we've got our podcast that we we try to do as weekly as we can. We miss a few weeks here and there, but uh, but it's you know that's that's kind of our uh, going forward. I'm gonna hopefully get back into doing some more comps than I got to do this year. I only got to do three or four this year. Had a lot of fun in the ones I did do, so it made me really miss it. So next year, I'm going to get back out there, and, and I'm going to at least try to get to the Royal. Uh, of course, we'll do Memphis in May, but some of the other ones that are you know within reach for, that I can get to on a weekend, I'm going to do. Um, you know, video content-wise, man, I, I, I usually hit the holidays up with some fresh stuff and then just try to plug in stuff I'm cooking. Um, you know, just whatever I see that, that, that kind of catches my eye or I want to put a spin on. I know, I know I'm probably going to be doing a lot of deer cooking because I want to stock the freezer up, so competition wise would you like to do 10 or 15 or is that even stretching it out 10, 10 would be good that's what that's usually you know 10 to 12 is what we me and Wyatt would shoot for on that um you know with the big ones thrown in there that's not too much to ask i'm not going to be like every week or every two weeks hitting the road but if i can you know mix in a, a, a good little mix of them maybe one a month or something like that that'll be fun uh, still with the steak cooking as well, or would you like to go to a contest that has them both mixed in so you can just be somewhere for one weekend? You know, it, it really depends because I really let Michael do the steak cooking now. I hadn't cooked a steak contest in a long time, me, and he's been playing sports. So it kind of, you know, he, he didn't get to cook any last this year at all. So if he wants to cook one and, and there's one that's like has a barbecue contest tied to it, we might do it. But, um, you know, and then I might jump in there and just cook some because it's fun. You never know. As far as how to barbecue, right? The main channel, pumping out content. Is it, I mean, you've been doing it a long time now, just like I've been doing this podcast for a long time now. Does it ever become tedious for you because you've had so much time in? I know folks that are just getting into finding YouTube and realizing it's such a resource for everything and how to figure out how to cook stuff. They're going to find you inevitably especially if it has something to do with barbecue and grilling they see your subscriber account and they're like oh you know uh, i didn't even know about this guy but you've been doing it for 12 years and 14 yeah. years and 15 years and longer does it get tedious or try try is that even a right word uh trying to figure out uh, something new to cook or putting a malcolm spin on something uh the, the ideas really aren't hard to come up with I, I keep a pretty good running list of recipes or things that i haven't cooked that i think that they can be translated to the grill or the smoker but the the hard part ends up being able to find the time for rochelle to do the editing and all the back end stuff i mean the, the we enjoy the filming and the cooking of it everything that leads up to that where it slows us down is the production and so we've we've got you know so we, we, we hired tyler he's kind of our social media manager and Shell's kind of training him or kind of coaching him along on, on her style of editing to where our videos keep. I mean, we want to, that's the big thing with, uh, with my videos. I want them to have that same voice. Like we're sitting here, me and you talking. I don't want it to be overproduced. I don't want it to be, you know, super edited. I don't, you know, of course we want decent quality, but I don't think the quality is as is, is much as the voice or the message coming across. And ours is that anybody can cook the stuff I'm cooking. Um, we're just hanging out and it makes people feel good about barbecue. Malcolm Reed joining us here on the show, howtobbqright.com, his website. 
So we're coming into what, what I would refer to as the rib roast part of the year, uh, end of the year. A lot of people are going to be doing rib roast for Christmas. You did a incredible uh, rib roast video recently. It was, uh, uh, was it a Wagyu, uh, all Wagyu rib roast? It was one I got from Kevin at the butcher shop. And it was, you know, he, he sells the A9 comp briskets. Yep. And we asked him if he gets the A9 version of the, of the rib loin. And he's like, yeah, I cut them, but I'm only cut them into steaks. He don't sell them. I mean, he don't sell them as whole roast a lot because it's like 650 right. bucks almost for that piece of meat, which sounds like it's really expensive. But when, you know, just a few months ago, we were buying ribeyes at Sam's Clubs and they were 300 bucks. So it wasn't that much more. But let me tell you, that was one piece of meat that was just incredible, Greg. I mean, you know, we, we've had that way discussion before how, a little of it goes a long way because it's so rich. Well, that A9 meat eats a little different. You can eat a little more of it. It's not like the Japanese, you know, the, the mega wagyu, the, the really marbled stuff. But the flavor, um, I, I want to say you just don't want to over – the main thing is don't overcook it because it doesn't need a whole lot of cooking. We were like 120 internal. It was perfect. Um, you know, and it was melt in your mouth. You didn't really, I mean, the knife just glid, just slid right through it. And you didn't even need a knife to cut it up when you got it on your plate. So, and I mean, I could eat a piece of it, but I wouldn't say I could eat 16 ounces. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or you're going to be in trouble if you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I mean, are there any general tips on rib roast that do you prefer a method, uh, one method Man. over another, or what do you like? I'm going to say the biggest thing is get you a thermometer that you can trust. And so you can watch your internal temperature, whether you jack the heat up at first and build the crust up and then turn it down low and finish it, or you sear it real quick at first and slow it down. Both ways work. Um, I, like, I personally like it on the smoker. You know, that rib loin, you, you really only get seasoning on the outside of it. So it does really well on a smoker. You cook that in the oven and you're just getting the seasoning on the outside and the browning effect from the oven. But when you put it on the smoker, you add a little bit more depth of flavor with some smoke. Now, we don't give it heavy smoke. I mean, it's just a, a nice tone. But the meat on the inside of the prime rib, where normally you wouldn't have a whole lot of flavor, just beefiness, you get some of that additional smoke flavor. So it goes with your, your crusty herbs that you put on it. Your, of course, your, a lot of salt. That piece of beef like mm -hmm. that needs salt to have some taste. And then I like some pepper, but I keep it really simple. It's not, it's not a complicated recipe at all. We love to give gifts. We love to get gifts during this time of year, no matter what you're celebrating. What are your top recommendations to give to the live fire lover in your life? Man, I want, I want personally one of those grill blazer grill guns. Mark, that was one that Mark brought in for us to test out on Out the Smoke. And it's basically like a, a handheld version of a flamethrower. <laughs> so who, who's into live fire cooking that wouldn't want a flamethrower? But, um, you know, the, the uh, I'm a wing guy, so I, I like my Vortex, which is an attachment that can go just about – it's made made for a Weber kettle, I think, but it can go on any grill. It's basically that cone shape. looks like a little science experiment volcano you would use in sixth grade to put your charcoal chimneys in, and it really turns any grill into an awesome wing cooker. But um, those thermometers are a good knife, the, the Shun brisket slicer knife. For the guy that has every knife, give him a Shun. I think it's about 180 bucks for a brisket slicer, 12-inch slicer, but, man, it's, it's a beast of a knife. What about rubs and sauces? Uh, you have a very successful line of rubs and sauces yourself, but outside of the killer hog stuff, 
what would you buy or, or what would you recommend somebody trying? Well, my so my favorite one, the newest thing that I brought in to the shop that we that I started using a lot is called a chimichurri rub. Um, there's a spicy version and a regular version, and it's like uh, if you if you're familiar with that South American style of, uh, of beef and cooking, and they serve a chimichurri sauce with it, it's like vinegar oil based sauce with fresh herbs. This is a dry version of that that you reconstitute with vinegar and oil. And man, it goes, it, it's great on beef for making like a dipping sauce to serve with it. But it's also, we've been putting it on baked potatoes, putting a little duck fat on them, seasoning the outside with a little oh, salt, wow. putting that chimichurri rub on the outside. I've done chimichurri dry wings with it as a dry seasoning and grilled them. It's really, um, it's, one, it's something that's new and different that I haven't seen. And it tastes phenomenal. Um, and also, I got to give a shout out that prime beef that we used on that Wagyu uh, rib loin. That's some. That's a good one that Mark and Jamie came out with this year over at Swine Life, and it's 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 really good on beef. And this chimichurri stuff, you can go over to How to Barbecue Right or, or Killer Hogs to get it, or call yeah, up the store. Yeah, or what? I think I want to say if you just search chimichurri rub, I'm sure it'll pop up on Google. But it's Al Fergoni's is the guy that makes it Alfragoni's chimichurri seasoning and he has just a regular bottle and a hot and spicy bottle i think the hot and spicy bottle just has like crushed pepper and some some different heat in it but it's not super hot malcolm reed joining us here on the show you can find him over on youtube of course how to barbecue right or hit the website how to bbq right malcolm always appreciate the time have a great christmas and we'll see you again in the next year Hey, Merry Christmas. It'll be Happy New Year when I see you next, Greg. We'll you got see you, it. Man. There he is, Malcolm Reed right there. Always appreciate that. Great info for you getting ready to do the prime rib roast. Call Kevin over at the butcher shop and see if you can't get yourself one of those prime or Wagyu rib roasts. That's when we start getting into the weird mixture of terms, prime rib. Well, prime is a grade. Rib roast, prime rib roast. Yep, Wagyu rib roast. Use the right terminology. We know what we're talking about. Call Kevin. If you mention the show, when you call Kevin at the butcher shop at Pensacola, you get 10% off your order. Did you know that? It's true. Jeff Cohen is in the green room from baseball and barbecue. We'll get to him here in just one second. I'll talk to you quickly about Primo Grills. What do we all love about ceramic cookers? We love that they are fuel efficient. We love that you can achieve low and slow temperatures for traditional barbecue meats. We love that you can get rip-roaring hot for high-temperature grilling of steaks and other thin cuts. But what's missing in the everyday lineup of ceramic cookers? The real ability to do true, true true-zone cooking. Two-zone cooking, very important to both professionals and backyard cooks. It's the best way to manage a fire and cook with confidence. However, getting a two-zone fire in a round ceramic cooker, not very realistic. Why? Because it's round. Enter Primo Cookers and their game-changing oval design. This grill gives you the ability to execute the two-zone setup that you desire. It also gives you the other ceramic grill benefits as well. Really, when you break it down, there's more than 60 different ways to configure the Primo Cooker, so you're only limited by your culinary imagination. If you're looking for accessories to complete the Primo Grill cooking experience, they have a rotisserie accessory that you can get. They have a pizza oven insert that you can get half pan drip trays they have the rib rack trays you can also stick a whole chicken in the middle of that number of different things here's what you do go to primogrill.com that's the website primogrill.com find a dealer near you they only sell through dealers all the accessories sold through dealers as well and then buy all that you want here's the bottom line best ceramics in the biz yes patented technology of course 
true two-zone cooking capabilities and multiple sizes? Yes and yes. If you just have to have a round one of those, you can do it. They have round Primo cookers. But really, get the oval. Be a game changer. Be a mold breaker. Do what's different. Who's ready for a Primo? I'm ready for a Primo. Let's go. Primogrill.com or follow them on social media at Primo Grill. We'll be back with Jeff Cohen from Baseball and Barbecue right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. That's Cookin, C-O-O-K-I-N. See all the pellets that they have. See all the other accessories they have. And then buy it up. Chris Becker and the gang over at Cooking Pellets. If you are a fan of baseball, then you know that as of late last week, the owners have locked out the players. While this doesn't have a huge impact on play at the moment, it does halt some other business that could be taking place right now. While this isn't a sports show per se, we do mix sports in and barbecue from time to time and here to talk a bit about this situation and how he thinks it may or may not resolve itself is the other half or co-host of the team that does the baseball and barbecue podcast we race to the hotline and welcome first timer to the show jeff cohen hey jeff hey how are you i'm fabulous thanks for having me on very happy to have you on appreciate you making time so before we jump into the baseball talk jeff can you give us a quick background on yourself personally and professionally, and then we will do the baseball stuff. By the way, if I must, nice hat. Of course, row cookers. Ah, thank you very much. I noticed that. I know Doug <laughs> will notice that and not stop talking about it. So tell us all about yourself. Oh, thank you. I'm uh, just a baseball fan, a, a barbecue fan. I'm a sales operations professional by day. And- and a podcast by night with Len Aberman, as you said, on a baseball and BBQ podcast. What is a sales operation manager? I help the salespeople go and make the quota up and sell stuff. I do a lot of analysis, a lot of spreadsheets stuff. Aha. Uh-huh. So you're the brains behind the clothes, basically. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. All right. Well, we like that. As a sales guy, <laughs> I certainly appreciate that. By the way, where the hell is my operations guy. I don't, it's just me floating around out there doing truck sales. I don't even have an inside person. So that's uh, terrible. Ah, we well, have to, we have to should, rectify that next year. Get one. We'll figure it out. Yes. All right. So typically guys like you, the ones who really know the game and its history have been fans since they were very young. Have you always been a baseball lover or did you pick it up a little bit later? I've always been a baseball lover. Uh, I remember in, since I was seven years old when the Mets won the World Series, I was just uh, just hooked. I lived a couple blocks away from Shea Stadium, and when I got older, I was able to go down there by myself. Uh, you're a New York Mets fan, as you said, so aside from the lockout stuff, and we'll get to that here in a second, do you have any 
preseason predictions for how well the Mets will do this year? What's your gut telling you? Well, my gut tells me that we spent a lot of money on, on free agency. They just signed Max Scherzer to a, a whopping <laughs> contract, $43 million a year. Is that ridiculous? <laughs> I mean, the guy's 40 years old, right? Ridiculous. Well, he's going to be at the end of the contract, but it, it, it is ridiculous. You have, uh, well, you had one of your guys, Francisco Lindor, last year. Whoa. He's, uh, he's, Not my uh, guy. Who? Million. Who? Who? I've never heard of him. Never heard of him. <laughs> but he's for $30 million. You have, and you make up the ground, the best pick of baseball, and he's making $30 million. So it's our knowledge ridiculous. Uh, Jeff Cohen joining us here on the show from Baseball and Barbecue, the website baseball and bbq.weebly.com, or you can follow them social media handles at baseball and bbq. So as you look back on the close of last season, is this work situation in baseball something that was on your radar as becoming a real issue? Or did you think that at some point between when the World Series ended and to where we are today that Maybe everybody knew about it and they were secretly talking about it. I didn't really hear too much about it on national talk radio per se, but was it something that everybody maybe assumed would just get ironed out before the months of free agency and things starting to ramp up for the new season? No, I very assumed that it was going to out. They've been through the last two or three years that the players weren't very happy with the last collective bargaining and, and they were going to really come together and, and, and really stick it to the owners this time. And look, 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 these guys are billionaires and billionaires. No one feels sorry. No, no one's ready to for these guys. But uh, it's uh, obviously all about the money. The players want the biggest share of the pie. And they have reasons. Uh, for example, their the average salary down, believe it or not, 6%. The average salary is $4.17 million. The minimum is is almost six hundred thousand dollars. Hey Jeff, so, can I interrupt uh, they, just they for one second? Get... Um, sure. You're kind of chopping in and out. Can you do me a favor? Close that browser and jump back in and see uh, if we can resolve a little bit of an internet bug here. We'll wait. Just go ahead and close that out, and then rejoin me back in one second here. As the internet gremlins are abound here this uh -oh. evening. Which is great because we're going to be making our debut in Texas on Saturday. KSEY joining us. If you're not uh, local to Seymour, Texas, or you're just joining us here during the live broadcast, KSEY will be carrying the show in on regular radio down there, and but also outside of Seymour, Texas, KSEYradio.com, I believe is the website, if you want to check us out there. So, All right, uh, Jeff's back. Go ahead. And, so you were saying... The the average salary right now is four point seven million dollars. Four point one seven million dollars. Holy moly! Which is down, I know, which is down six percent from four point three in the year before. Wow! Is, and the minimum salary is six hundred thousand. So, this lockout is the owners locking out the baseball players. So, is there? Yes. Is there a, a, a bargaining agreement that is currently taking place or people are just like the players were pissed or what's I'm having a little trouble connecting well, where the, the issues are here and how we can resolve them. Collective bargaining did expire December 1st. So that's when the owners locked out the players, meaning no business is, is happening. The reason why that is because the last 1994, they they were playing 
with an expired agreement, and then the players went on strike in August, and it lost the 94 World Series. So to to prevent that from happening again, they're going to want it before, before the new season. So the owners have now locked the players out in order to force them to get an agreement in place. Right, to clean the table and to hash out an agreement. Now, uh, can so let's see. Basically, so how do in the current lockout now? So what does that mean for the players? They can't go into the to the facilities, and, and they they have no way to to operate business wise. So how is doing this going to force them? to go to the bargaining table if the player... Because, in essence, the owners could have screwed themselves. Like, the players don't have to come to the bargaining table, and you could lose a portion of the season or the whole season or everything, right? Yes. Well, essentially, hundreds of players right now do not have a contract. They like to... They're not conducting any of the free agency business until the the collective bargaining agreement is is agreed upon. But it also means the players can't use the facilities, like you said. If they're injured, they usually go to the spring training facilities or their doctors. They can't do that. They can't get any training facilities uh, from from the team trainers. It's all they have to do it on their own. So they they want to be able to knock out this agreement, which has a myriad of issues that they have to go through. It, before the next before the next season, and I fear there's going to be a delay in spring training mm. and a delay. That's my 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 opinion. So we're just into December. Spring training typically starting that first Mid week February. or two of February. Um, and that's when position players or uh, pitchers catchers report, and then it's typically position players yeah. and, and veterans a couple weeks after that as they start to do that preseason. So you're expecting some kind of a delay beginning of February. Do you see it stretching through March, potentially? I hope not. I hope not. But, you know, when there's urgency, that's that's when the agreements, you know, tend to happen. So when it gets closer to that date, February, March, you know, then they're going to say, okay, I want to get paid. I want to get paid. Let's, uh, let's finally make an agreement. And now it's just a lot of posturing, a lot of rhetoric going back and forth in the media side, by the commissioner side, by the players association side, a lot of just a lot of BS and talking in the media. Twins not doing, they don't believe this. They think it's going to you know, ruin the game. But you know, it's just a lot of rhetoric going back and forth. Players are not going to get paid, though. Well, they don't get paid anyway during the offseason. It's during the season they get paid, but they're not going to have any contract. A lot of them don't have contracts now. Uh, hundreds of players don't have contracts, and they would like to know where they're going to be playing, with. they got to get settled, where they're going to play, how to play for, and that's, uh, that's a big issue for them. So if it stretches into the season, they don't have contracts, they're not going to be getting paid if they are in season when they would typically be getting paid. Are there a lot of players that you think... This is pure speculation on your point. Aggressively spend all of their money and aren't uh, like stewards of finance per se, or uh, say, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm just starting out. I just got drafted. I need to have a job, and I'm not going to go work at Lowe's until this thing is hashed out. Um, let's let's get to the bargaining table here sooner than later." Exactly. I I think the younger players, like the 24th, 25th, 26th team, who's getting paid home, they might feel it a lot. Well, like I said, they're paying six hundred dollars. They should be be able to budget their money on, on that. But but the guy be able to last. The, 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 but then again, I 
saw next year that said they have a pretty big war chest if they do have a strike oh. and they might could sustain the younger players until they resolve it. So nobody's going to be starved, that's for sure. I am often curious and jaded, perhaps, in this whole talk of war chest funds and there's this magic arc of cash laying around that older guys that are established in the league are just going to through uh, uh, what's the philanthropic ways give their money or this money. I mean, whose money is this? Are, are, are players just contributing to this just in case this happens? And then the older players are going to give the younger players some money to, to keep them afloat. I always think that's nice to say, but have you ever heard of that really happening? Well, I think they have a, through their dues, which I, don't, I have no idea how much they are. They have a pretty good investment portfolio that's adding to this pool of money that they have that, that they can distribute if they need to. Now they don't want to need to, but if they do, they have they have like. But like I said, the making twenty thirty million dollars, they're not gonna they're not they're not gonna need that money, obviously. Well, this isn't baseball, but I know through various reports that Ben Simmons, who's a prolific basketball player for the 76ers, seems to be spending money like it's water, buying a new car a month and all sorts of expensive watches and various homes. And, you know, he's got to play to make a paycheck so he can cover his nut every month here. And he's been sitting out all these games. So I would imagine that there's a certain percentage of baseball player that spends it as quickly as it comes in. Here's the deal. Sure. Yeah. Your your prediction, and here we go. We're going to get a prediction from Mr. Baseball of the Baseball and Barbecue side. Your prediction on when the lockout will end and will hold you to it. I'm going to give you a range. I think it's going to end close to Valentine's Day, then New Year's Day. <laughs> I say mid, mid, <laughs> I'm going to February. Wow. All right. February it is. So we'll see how that works out. Um, on the barbecue side, Jeff, before I let you go, we got a couple minutes. What's your favorite style or region of barbecue? And then to where you are on the island, uh, what's the best barbecue you've had? Place near, well, not too far from me in Garden City, New York, called Smokehouse. That is probably my favorite barbecue restaurant to go to. Mm. Uh, as for region, I'm not really, I'm more. Regional barbecue. I I know what I like to cook. I like to get on my tray. Have a, a pit barrel that I hang the ribs on. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm doing a lot of grilling this this week, and and will be next week because my house is going under construction. Oh, I'll be doing chicken out there on the patio. That's for sure. All right, last question before I let you go. Between you and Len Aberman, who's the better barbecue slash griller? Oh, that would be for sure. Wow. Absolutely. I he, thought you would take but he it. He takes a chance. No, he, he, he does a much better job than I do. He, he's better. And besides, before I go, I'd like to make a shout out to my sister and her brother in law, who I'm a big fan of your show. That's right. So Savino, we love hi. Mike Savino. <laughs> Long time. Maybe the longest centralite ever in the history of the show. He's been with me pretty much from day one. So I appreciate you reminding and, and mentioning that. So. Uh, this is Jeff Cohen, co-host of Baseball and Barbecue. Check him out on the website, baseballandbbq.com, or subscribe to the podcast on all podcast platforms, social media handles, at Baseball and BBQ. Jeff, really appreciate you coming on tonight. Thanks so much. Very much. Take care. You got it. There he is, Jeff Cohen, right there, Baseball and BBQ.
Subscribe to it. You love baseball. It's always good to switch it up a little bit. Yes, there was some... I think maybe he was on Wi-Fi and maybe a little further away from the modem. I thought Doug would have coached him up on that since Doug probably strong-armed him into wearing that hat tonight. Anyway, good baseball talk from the co-host of Baseball and Barbecue, Jeff Cohen. Thank you, Jeff. Let me talk to you quickly about Do Wellness and David Leans. Did you know that people who set goals four to six weeks before the new year ends are three to ten times, yes, ten times, more likely to achieve their fitness goals? Be honest. How long has losing a few pounds been on your to-do list? Now, we all listen to the show because we love barbecue, and I know a lot of us make a habit of getting second and third servings because it's delicious. But what effect has that and an activity level that used to be a little bit more active and isn't now had on your health over the last handful of years? Maybe you've heard that having a dad bod was cool, but take it from a stud like me. It's not. There's nothing sexy about wearing your gluttony everywhere you go. Not to mention, being overweight increases the risk of all causes of mortality, including strokes, most cancers, coronary artery disease, sleep apnea, hypertension, osteoarthritis, mental illness. Making the decision to change decades-old food habits can mean the difference between you attaining your health goals versus dealing with the unknown health challenges that you and your family will have to face. Luckily, thanks to my new friend and friend of the show, backyard barbecue enthusiast and men's health and wellness coach, David McDowell, you can eat barbecue all year round and still lose fat. With David, you've got assistance around the clock. He's just a text message, an iMessage, a WhatsApp message, or email away. He's also available to FaceTime, Zoom, and WhatsApp video chat whenever you need help, even on short notice. Some coaches charging upwards of $500 a month for canned diet plans and one to two check-ins per month. Forget that. Partnering with David allows you access to a resource who is available effectively 24-7. Things have gone so well the past few weeks here on the show that he's extending the special to Barbecue Centralites by offering a year of coaching, but not for $500 a month, not for $400 a month, not even $200 a month. You can finally permanently lose all the unwanted fat in 2022 for only $2,300. That's total. Gang, don't wait. Get on this now so you're ready to win with the health in 2022. It's David's personal guarantee to you. If you're honest and you make the effort, You'll succeed in losing fat, and if you don't, he'll refund you 100% of your investment. No questions asked. Ready to go? Hit it up, davidleans.com slash bbq. That's davidleans.com slash bbq to sign up. Do it now. We're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content. In an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Fireboard 2, Fireboard 2 Drive, Fireboard 2 Pro, and the Fireboard 2, uh, sorry, the Fireboard Spark monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi Fi for cloud based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth if you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home. You're in luck. Fireboard fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. Guy the Cooking Sam weighing in. Don't show up at a union meeting during a strike in a limousine. Sincerely, Lou Whitaker. Sweet Lou. 
That's when he earned the nickname Sweet Lou, showing up to a limousine for a strike meeting. Yeah, this is my car. I just take a limo wherever I go. Doesn't everybody? Alan Trammell, back me up on that. <laughs> John Dawson, weighing in 2300 bucks, and you get free custom Ginsu barbecue knife? No! No, no. Text messaging, video check-ins, somebody holding you accountable to lose the fat. Fat! That's what you get. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to either my social media or if you're invested like I am in the business of live fire at this point. But today and yesterday, I don't want to say we're landmark days, but we're pretty big days as far as business happening in the world of barbecue. Middleby, I'll talk more about this next week, but Middleby, who's probably the biggest name in barbecue that nobody knows about has acquired two more live fire companies. They currently own things like Viking and Lynx, real high-end stuff that the elite of the elite have in their backyard and don't use and probably don't know how to use it. They've just acquired what I would call, when compared to the Lynx and the Viking end of things, lower end. They just bought Masterbuilt and Kamado Joe. Just announced yesterday. And what have we talked about on the show a whole bunch with various experts in the industry, especially as we talk about grills? How come there isn't a thermostatically controlled grill? You get a pellet cooker, you can set a temperature. You get a charcoal cooker nowadays. How notable is the Masterbuilt gravity-fed charcoal cooker? You pick a temperature... And you set it, and it keeps it at that temperature, all thermostatically controlled. How come there's no gas grills like that? Well, wouldn't you know? As of today, around 1130, Charbroil dials up the next generation of grilling with the Cruise gas grill. As you can see right now, if you're watching, it's not overly... Impressive looking at it. It's stainless steel. It's got that ridiculous window on the top, which is going to get filled with smoke and grease immediately. But as you see right there in the middle, she's setting that temperature to 525 degrees. So let it be the first of, let's call it the gauntlet of thermostatically controlled gas grills to hit the market. I have an idea, a speculatory idea on who's actually making that. Because I know a company in Canada that was talking about this kind of technology well over a year ago. It looks a lot like that cooker. But we'll reserve that for next week as well until I do a little bit more fact-finding. Anyway, we thank Jeff Cohen from Baseball and Barbecue, Malcolm Reed, for visiting in the first hour. We are going to refresh libations and get ready for a jam-packed second hour, of course, with Sam the Cooking Guy. I have some other live-fire takes to do at the top. So go ahead and do that, and we will see you back at the top of the second hour. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back.